This is Asides, the Cal Shakes podcast. I'm Alicia Combs, the creative content manager. This time, artistic director Eric Ting is talking to members from the cast of our upcoming show, Macbeth. They're going to talk about the rehearsal process, this production's really exciting casting and design choices, and the curse. Enjoy. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, this is Eric Ting. I'm here with members of the cast of our production of Macbeth. Uh, I'm going to ask you all to introduce yourselves and talk, uh, maybe say briefly, the roles that you're playing. Um, and uh, if you've done, what was the last thing you did here at Cal Shakes? Because all three of you are Cal Shakes veterans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my name is Liz Sklar, and I'm playing Lady Macbeth, and um, I'm part of the ensemble as well. And I was last here in Othello playing Desdemona. I'm Joseph Patrick O'Malley. I'll be playing Malcolm, and we all play witches in the play. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing I was in was War of the Roses, where I played Henry VI. Hi, Catherine, Kat Ludke, and I am playing Ross and Ensemble, uh, one of the witches, the gentlewoman to Lady Macbeth, and a lord. Uh, I was last here also in War of the Roses, um, where I played a nasty priest and a queen. So yeah, it's great to be back. Fantastic. So uh, so we're here to talk about um, uh, Kalshik's 2019 production of Macbeth. Uh, it's directed by Victor Milana Maog. And, um, and the three of you are part of a cast of how many? Is it about 10, ten actors? Does that sound right? Yeah, it sounds, yeah, it sounds right. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we like them small. Yeah. Um, uh, I wanted. To, why don't we just start off with? Uh, let's start off with this. Sort of. What was your your all's first encounters with this play? Hmm. I know Liz has a very good story. So. Do I? Do you not? I mean, yes, I do. I did. I did. I did this play. <laughs> I did this play um, about ten years ago in New York. Um, and I got to play Lady M. And um, but even before that, I do have to admit, and I don't know if I should admit this or if it. OK. Anyways, I did um, write a letter while I was in grad school to the then artistic director of Cal Shakes saying that I thought he should produce the play and that I should play Lady Macbeth. So I'm very happy to uh, have made my dreams come true. Oh, cool. He clearly I got the note had... and passed the buck to the next <laughs> artistic director. This is a note to Alicia. Let's find that letter. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I actually sent it. It might have just been an assignment, but I recently found it. (laughs) I've never been in a production of Macbeth, Mm -hmm. but I've seen uh, a number of them over time and seen that film with Patrick Stewart. And it's great to step into the production because all I ever remember of the play, and I doubt that I'm alone, is the first two acts, all of the murder and those great first speeches, and then how it all shakes out kind of disappears from me, and I'm stepping into Malcolm, and most of what happens for me is in that latter part of the play, so I'm really kind of getting to approach it like a new play. I agree. I have never been in it myself, but I think it's the Shakespeare that I have seen the most. Mm. I, I am drawn to it. What draws you to it? Uh, the darkness and the beauty of the language. I just think it's one of the most beautiful presentations of death and war <laughs> and tyranny, um, all the fun subjects. Um, also, like you said, 
I don't remember who on earth Ross is. <laughs> and I, you know, I had to comb through. And a lot of times those roles get conflated, you know, mm -hmm. because there's 46 yeah. people in this play. We've got 10 people playing 46 plus a witch each. And then, um, so it was really exciting to actually go through and find out who this person was. Mm -hmm and what he meant to the story. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I'm having a flash of another memory, actually. I encountered this play when I was in high school at um, doing, a, doing a, a summer program, and we were doing all shakes, all these different Shakespeare pieces, and we did one of the witches' things in this old um, uh, rehearsal studio, and we were doing the toil, toil, bubble, and trouble speech over and over again, like a chant, and all of a sudden, thunderstruck and lightning, and then rain started pouring in the side of the walls like inside the building and so I think part of what strikes me about this piece is that I really do believe that it's connected to some other yeah some other world is connected to it yeah so it's chilling my wife keeps telling me I have to watch the second season of slings and arrows mm. and oh, I was yeah. like I refuse to watch it until I'm done with this season because <laughs> I don't want it to become like a self-fulfilling prophecy but like you know this has been a crazy season at Cal Shakes right we had the we had the first, the tech for Midsummer Night's Dream was almost practically rained out for the first four days. Yeah. Um, we've had to like recast roles at the last minute in multiple instances. This has been kind of a crazy, been kind of a crazy season. And and I like to think that I can blame it all on the presence <laughs> oh, of the current title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, is there, is there, uh, you know, talk to me a little bit about you know, I'm always interested, especially when we have actors in the room, um, I'm always interested in uh, uh, processes, if that's okay, and, and just to get a sense a little bit about what might feel um, unique about your processes or what might feel unique about this process. Is there anything, is there anything unexpected or surprising or different about mm. being in the room for this play, this production? Hmm. Well, it's, su it's such a fascinating play because it has so many um, different sort of um worlds inside of it and so it's been really fascinating to be working in the three I, I sort of get to be in three different worlds there's the witch's world and then there's lady m and Macbeth's world and then there's this other world of everyone else you know and so it, it has really felt like in some ways because we're still at the beginning of the process that i'm rehearsing three different plays right. and um mm. so i'm really excited today because we're going to do a stumble through to see what it means to like kind of thread those things together you also play like there's something interesting i think about the double casting right because yeah. you play lady and both lady m and i play young, young seward as yeah. well and that's somebody that macbeth kills yes right so and there's there's echoes in mm -hmm. the way that's happening right sure now. great i think what's really unique is that everybody has their hand in the witches and that we're sort of discovering who they are what they mean how we can be tell a consistent story with different people mm, mm -hmm. and how the witches either control events or are controlled by events mm -hmm. and where they are born from, you know, and just see their journey through. Um, it's really exciting to have so many ideas and Tally Jackson, the amazing movement coach is working our way through how we're going to show that. Yeah. And Victor's done an incredible job so far of, um, so far, 
so far. I say that for Victor. The, the jury is still out. We haven't opened yet. Um, no, of incorporating so many different voices and so many uh, different departments to find where this place sits because there are so many ways you can approach the world of the witches and these very famous speeches and these very big war scenes that uh, we have uh, an incredible fight choreographer and we have a movement department and Philippa and the dramaturgy end of it has really everybody's provided unique ideas to the process and it's been really fun to come as a group and find what that golden middle ground is and all those things yeah. you mentioned a, a moment ago joseph that sort of everybody plays a witch is that, yeah is that true most everyone yeah I except maybe sure that everybody plays a witch does macbeth also does i don't Ray? think so right no but he does so, play a murderer yeah. he does play a murderer yeah. right what, spoilers uh, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um i wonder what is it what does it mean to you all to have that kind of choice in the room right that that the entire ensemble perhaps with the exception of the actor playing macbeth sort of steps into the the role of those those supernatural figures. I mean it makes us all complicit in the violence. Oh. You know, How because do you mean? well the the witches sort of um bubble this sense of violence to the surface. They make it possible. And so because we're all a part of it, because we're all a witch, like nobody's really innocent of the violence that happens in this play. There's there, nobody gets to just walk away and be like, well, it wasn't me mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. even though we're obviously playing, witches not as our characters, we're, we're still, our bodies are still in the space. And so I think that's, and it's very true of the play that everybody has a hand in the violence that happens in this world. And we've discussed too, that they possibly are born of the blood in the soil from the battlefield. Mm -hmm. You know, that the violence that begins the play gives birth to these creatures. They are brought into being by these acts of violence. Um, I was also thinking outside the witches but that you know the play begins with a war that sets off a tyranny and then it ends with a war that is potentially is bringing peace so you know the acceptability of violence depending on the outcome depending on who's doing it but the acts are the same mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. and to that end it's interesting in a lot of plays when if you play someone who is uh, considered a villain or a bad person, you're always kind of looking for that thread of good in the person or at least the human thread through that person. And what playing a witch is, for me being considerably the positive voice by the end of the play, Mm -hmm. is to really find where that evil and where that sin and brutality lives in the person who is going to take over. Because, again, like you said, no one escapes. Right. Yeah. You're the good guy. Yeah. The largely forgettable good guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus one. No, it's true, right? Like if there's any if there's any scene that gets like cut to pieces in this play, it's it like is the, that. Scene, it's the scene there. Malcolm and yeah. McDuff. Yes, yeah. exactly, right. Um uh you know, it's one of the actually it's one of the things that has always frustrated me about Shakespeare, strangely enough, because I don't I mean we talked about it when we were working on Othello back in the day, is that um, that constant tendency, the desire in all of his works, so many of his plays, to write things at the end. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so you go into this world and the world is often upended in some way, shape or form. But there's always that moment at the end of the play where they're like somebody comes out and says, OK, now we're back to 
something that makes sense again. Um, and it's always frustrated me because it's simply not my experience of the world. Like my mm-hmm. experience of the world doesn't have that sense of closure or a sense of conclusion. And it's the thing we're all longing for at this moment in history. Right. And we know that when we get to that moment, it's not going to be the escape that we think it's going to be. No, yeah. it never is. It well, it's definitely is. something we're exploring. It's an exciting thing. We touched mm. upon it yesterday, mm. like how that might play out. Yeah. And how complicated it is for each person in the scene. Mm. Yeah. Um, the other day, there's something really interesting, I think, about the, the casting of, of you, Liz, and, and Ray. Um, it makes the Macbeths a, a very young couple, mm-hmm. right? And that youth, I think, um, brings the loss of the child that much closer mm-hmm. to where we are when we enter the play. Yeah. And um, someone yesterday was describing it as, a, as a fundamentally a domestic drama, right? Mm. That there is this, you know, like, what is this that's happening between these two people? And... Um, and I want to talk about that. And the other thing I want to talk about as well is the sort of the notion of the use of space that Victor has has created, right? So he's really, um, some of you, we may, maybe we'll put up a, a photograph of the set model with this, but, um, you know, he's really brought this kind of architectural structure, but it's a sort of, it looks mostly like a cage, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. Um, and he's really pushed that structure down to the very front of the stage and sort of like, you know, we... We stage actors on, on that section of the stage all the time. We just never drop a set on it. And so here we are with the set on it. So there's like this sense of, the sense of, the, so that, that kind of very banal idea of a domestic drama matched with this sort of, like, it's both intimate and not intimate, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's intimate in its proximity to us as an audience and not intimate in, in the, you know, the way that the plexiglass separates us from the action from time to time or the bars obscure a kind of clear vision of the world. Um, I wonder if you all could talk a little bit about that. Like, is that, is that manifesting itself in interesting ways in the work? I mean, well, the set has become a real partner in it because mm-hmm. you can't just walk across the stage, right? There's a bar in front of you or there's a piece of plexiglass. And so it's, it's become a real character in the play of how we manage getting through this cage and reaching people and how the set either um, keeps us away from people or keeps us in close quarters to people. Um, so it's become a real sort of jigsaw puzzle of um, physical relationship because of the set, I yeah. think. Right. And, and yeah, you. And the fact that it is a rigid geometric set a lot of times we adhere to that rigor because that's what's there and then there are times when we go completely against that shape and that means something so it's exciting to sort of be on a grid and then break away from it um because that's what you're stuck in but it's a real visual way of expressing what's happening Mm-hmm. And those plexiglass uh, sections of the set right now, it's a big imagination game because they're not up in the rehearsal hall. But um, already I'm beginning to see the moments where even though it's not obscuring, you can still see through the plexiglass. Emerging from that brings us directly in confrontation with the yeah. audience. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it has reminded me as I've watched some of it of a hall of mirrors, mm-hmm. just like in my mind, like obviously there's like, you all, you all have caution tape up right now where the plexiglass glasses. So <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's not the same thing, but it's, it's more like, of a crime scene. Than yeah, anything. completely. Yeah. <laughs> True. Oh, it is a bit of that. Right. Right. Of course. Um, do you all, is there something about this play that you feel speaks to us in this moment? 
You talked about complicitness a moment ago, mm-hmm. which I'm so thankful for, actually, that you brought that up, because we're going to quote that somewhere at some point, because that's been a fundamental theme of our season. Like, mm-hmm. we've been we've been looking at all the different ways that we are complicit or that we have sort of like, you know, with Midsummer, it's it's the fact that there's a group of rude mechanicals that are making a little play completely ignorant of the kind of natural world and chaos. You know, we're sort of like, we're, we're concerning ourselves with banal things while the world is ending around us, and good person is fundamentally about sort of the 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 complex the com- complex compromises that we make that we have to make in order to just survive mm-hmm. in this world and of course house of joy um is you know i think of the character of gulal the the lead bodyguard who kind of just she sort of she's served emperor after emperor after emperor and never thought to stand up and speak out against mm-hmm. Um, the oppression of that particular world. And like this notion that there is a complicitness, um, a communal sense of responsibility um, around the violence perpetrated in this play is quite powerful. And I'm wondering if you all could just um, share some thoughts about sort of, like you're in it, right? And I'm always struck by how actors kind of respond and react and reflect. Uh, I can speak for my experience with, seeing this world through Ross's eyes, which is that he is very much a warrior soldier at the top of the show. He's devoted to this king. It's a love for this king. And it's almost a blind fellowship um, of him, even though he is a violent man. And then as things progress, he then begins to question, wait, you know, this person's doing the same things but to different people. So where do you step back and say, this is not how I want to, this is not who I want to follow. And then there comes a moment for him where he decides that he will desert, (laughs) desert him, you know? And a lot of times I think Ross is there sort of saying to the audience, you see this, right? Do you see what's happening right now? Mm -hmm. And then there's a point where he just says enough's enough you know, and moves over, but then is it a better situation or not? You know? I think this notion of when is enough enough is really powerful in this play. You know, when do you say I can't go that far? And I mean, if we think about our political climate right now, like when do you say like, that's enough, I have to do something about this. Um, So I think that's a really powerful notion of complicity is that, you know, Mm -hmm. how long do you let it go before you make a choice to do something else? Um, I think also for my character, there's a there's a, a strong sense of isolation and sort of a fight to break free of that isolation. And I think that there's, I mean, you hear about people in this world today who are feeling very isolated by the computers and the screens and the way our world has started to box us into, you know, little tiny boxes. And, that, and so I think that that's another way in which the world creates places where you don't feel like you can reach out. Mm-hmm. Um to get help or to get um, or to fight for what you need. And so, um, so that's another way I think. Yeah. I think with any Shakespeare play, certain sections of language are going to elevate themselves to the time. And in this one, it really is pinging all over. And there's a beautiful thought that Lady Macduff has in the scene before she dies, where she says, sometimes to do a good thing is criticized and to do a bad thing is lauded and that's the world that we live in right now and we're watching the goalpost get moved further and further for what's acceptable and um it's i 
I am absolutely speaking the truth when later in the play from the outside watching the country and de- trying to decide when is the moment to step in and fix this. When I say that I think I think this country sinks beneath a yoke, that it mm-hmm. weeps and it bleeds and each new day a gash is added to her wounds. I mean, that is what I'm watching every day. So that part of the play is really exciting to witness because the positive in this play is how do you respond to tyranny? Right. Yeah. So can audiences expect the moment of catharsis through Malcolm? Hopefully. <laughs> However long that lasts, we'll see. I mean, that is the question. I don't think, I don't think they'll be allowed to sit with it for very long. But right. Yeah. But that's the other thing, right? Because yeah. I think to your point, um, also, Kat, this notion that... Um, like even even once Malcolm takes the crown, like what's the guarantee that it doesn't? There's just another, not another perpetuation of the same cycles over and over and over again. Yeah. Are the people in this scenario learning anything each time this cycle begins? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how battle weary do you have to be in order to stop? Well, and there's a really interesting thread that's coming up between uh, Malcolm and Macduff. I think what he's looking for in Macduff is Macduff's, to spoil a bit of it, a terrible thing happens to Macduff's family. And that is the igniter. That's the thing that causes them to truly be able to make the next step. And without that personal connection to a tragedy, I don't know that the resistance lives. But isn't it also true this notion that vengeance begets vengeance, right? And yeah. violence begets violence. Like that's the yeah. that's the cycle, right, that that I think um we seem to be caught up in yeah. a little bit. And the characters are facing conflicting emotions all the time, like even at the end when Macduff, who we think is missing, shows up, he's alive, but look who's dead. Yeah. He's holding the head of Beth, you know. And so there is this joy, this relief and horror. Yeah. Yeah, I think of the... In a moment. In that Quentin Tarantino movie, The Inglorious Bastards, Mm -hmm. there's that cathartic moment Mm -hmm. where you see, you know, Hitler killed in the world of this movie. And it is a strange mix of emotions watching that moment as well because there is a great visceral personal catharsis. And then it's not it doesn't last that kind of revenge doesn't can't breed the positivity that we need right uh this has been awesome all three of you i don't want to keep you from the rest of your lunch break we could i mean we could talk about this <laughs> yeah. we could talk about this play so we'll save that for our next conversation yes. which will let me do with different actors <laughs> yeah. but yeah. i want to thank the three of you for joining us today oh, thank, thank you, you. Super, super, super thank awesome. you so much um, have a great uh, stumble through today. Woo-hoo. End of week two. Ow, ow, ow. Thanks for listening to Asides, the Cal Shakes podcast. Macbeth starts performances on September 18th. We've just announced our 2020 season, and you can learn more about those exciting plays and get tickets to Macbeth at calshakes.org.